0: You guys put liver in a box and just fuck it. I know. This is such a good one. Jesus. That should win. This answer should win for the next 500 episodes. (laughs) What's up, Dueling Decades? This is Wax. Peace to all you guys, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Will it be the 90s or the 80s? Beanie Babies or Crack Babies? Will it be Nirvana or Madonna? Maybe Britney. Maybe Whitney. Do you like new metal? A new wave, Dave Grohl or Super Dave, I don't know. But now the
1: battle begins, Dueling Decades. Let's see who wins. Dueling Decades. Broadcasting from the Podcast New York Studios, it's the adult-only retro game show where the decades battle for supremacy because it's your history, we just fight for it. Welcome back to Dueling Decades. I am Mark James, and this week we bring you a Worst Month duel as I battle with June of 1983 alongside these men. First off, with the worst of June 1976, some people call him the Space Cowboy, some people call him the Gangster of Love. Say hello to Man Crush.
2: Nobody calls me that, but uh, (laughs) I, I do have the worst of June 1976, and I'm telling you... It's a shit show. Not as bad as 2020, but it's getting there. So let's do
1: this. Also joining us on the panel this week is the host of the Hysteria 51 podcast, dueling with the worst of June of 1999. Please welcome back to the show, Brent Hand.
3: Gentlemen, I'm glad I'm here to lose once again. I'm excited. (laughs) I got June 1999. That was a fun time. I was in college. I actually remember this. So, you know, most of it at least. So I'm excited
1: and as always here on the show we need somebody to adjudicate all of this awesomeness so this week's celebrity guest judge is the actor writer and comedian whose new comedy special is streaming now on tubi please welcome to the show judge jamie kennedy hey how are you guys <laughs>
3: you're shitty you're not supposed to <laughs> ask that uh, right now i don't think
1: yeah <laughs>
0: I mean, I was going to try to decompartment compartmentalize but yeah, okay.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, the following contest will be held under Dueling Decades rules. The judge's coin flip shall decide who picks first out of the five Dueling Decades categories, movies, television, music, news, and hot products. A judge's ruling will determine who wins each round, allowing the victor to choose the next available category. The first three rounds are worth one point each, with rounds four and five worth two points apiece. And the winning decade shall be decided by the highest overall score after all five rounds. All right, duelers, put down that Nintendo Virtual Boy and grab yourself a Crystal Pepsi, because it's time for a Worst of Battle here on Dueling Decades. All right, let's go right down to our judge, jamie kennedy for the coin toss to see who goes first for this worst of duel brent why don't you call in the air
3: yeah go ahead go for it
0: okay you ready you want to watch it or are you just trusting
3: me i got faith in okay, you ready call it tails, tails. see that heads? <laughs> oh yeah i'm already losing right.
1: <laughs> i called it It's heads, so Man Crush wins the toss-off and takes control of the board. Man Crush, what category do you want to go with first? (laughs) Toss-off. He always wins the
2: toss-off. No, you know what? I haven't in like a month, but I win my own toss-off, not this one. You haven't tossed
1: off in like a month?
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) You'll you'll see apparently. You'll see in a few minutes what I'm talking about. Uh, Let's begin with hot products just because I don't know where this is going to go here. All right, here we go. So we got June 1976. And, you know, back in the day before internet, porn, and video games, it appears that people actually used to read quite a bit. So not only did they read books, but if you're a kid, you read a comic book or two like I did. So let's go back to the world of Marvel in 1976 with the release of The Incredible Hulk number 200. And have you guys seen the movie Interspace Space before?
3: Oh, of course.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's what this fucking issue is. It's the exact same thing. I mean, it, instead of Dennis Quaid inside somebody's body, they shrink the fucking Hulk <laughs> to miniature size and they put him inside Glenn Talbot's brain. That's uh, Colonel Talbot, the guy that's always after the Hulk. Hulk smash blood clot. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's, to say, it's to save his life. So it's like the worst idea ever. They shrink this dude down. He, you know, what if he gets angry and destroys
3: everything? The Hulk's two worst enemies are the Wendigo and Bell's Palsy. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> no, it's the complete opposite, though, because what they did,
2: it's an annual. so they, It's Marvel, and it's an annual. So they were like, let's just jam this one with every friggin' villain that we yeah. could find and put him inside Glenn Talbot's head. <laughs> so, I mean, when it's all said and done, somehow the Hulk saves this dude's life. I'm not sure. I lost interest after, like, page five. It's all over the place. But the best part of this whole shit is Glenn Talbot, he gets married to Betty Ross, who Bruce Banner was supposed to get married to. And then he gets divorced when she realizes that she still loves Bruce Banner. (laughs) And then to top it all off, Talbot ends up dying in issue 260. He's like trying to attack the Hulk and the Hulk fucking incinerates his brain. (laughs) So pretty much there you have it. You have (laughs) Incredible Hulk number 200 convoluted, huge waste of time and effort and considering that the Hulk saved this dude's life only to kill him four years later. Oh. So that's what I have for the worst of hot products <laughs> for 1976.
1: All right, Brent Hand, what do you have?
3: All right. Uh So June of 1999 for my worst hot products, it saw this badass on the cover of two publications, uh Rolling Stone Magazine and TV Guide. And because of that, it made his toys sell out overnight. They had just been released in the prior month in May, and because he was all over this, children all over the world demanded the hot toy that sold out in June of 1999, Jar Jar Binks, from The Phantom Menace. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's hard to beat.
0: There's a lot of tossing off on this podcast. Definitely. You guys... You guys put liver in a box and just fuck it. I know. This is such a good one.
3: That's actually the slogan. We put liver in a box and fuck it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sometimes. Jesus, that should win. This answer should win for the next 500
3: episodes. That actually needs to be on your guys' wow. website. This pod just puts liver in a box and sucks it, Jamie Kennedy.
2: I like it. We're going to put it, at, Take like, it on the
3: VHS box.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: VHS. So I got the sellout of Jar Jar Binks because of Rolling Stone and TV Guide cover that made all the kids Gosh, go. That's a good one. Miso wants some Jar. Jar Jar
1: Jar. Great pick, Brent. All right. So for my hot product, I had 1983 worst hot product. You know, the temperatures outside are getting warmer, you know, and I get thirsty sometimes. So when you want something to drink, sometimes you got to look for a nice beverage, nice alcoholic beverage or not. My hot product is the malt beverage moosey. I don't know if you guys remember this. <laughs> no. I went no. to the uh Intonewspapers.com and found a few different articles that talk about this product being introduced. If you don't remember the non-alcoholic bear moosey, you might remember its slogan. It's the drink you choose when you choose not to drink. Oh, they I had a know huge ad campaign. It's a non-alcoholic brew. I actually looked up a few beer reviews on this. Uh, some of the better ones I found likened it to bad socks and tasting like cornflakes.
2: Have you ever drank a non-alcoholic beer before? It tastes like shit. No. They're fucking awful.
1: Well, there you go. So that's my worst hot product, the introduction of Moosey non-alcoholic ale in 1983. So let's turn it over to our judge, Jamie Kennedy, for the hot products round. Wow. This is like stirring
0: emotions in me (laughs) with all this stuff. Um, It is, though. I'm going to have some answers I think you'll like. So, I'm supposed to pick the thing that I think is the worst product that I like the best. Right. of the the worst. Most popular or what what spoke to me as the worst. Yep. A lot going on here, guys. So, let's go. I think you'll enjoy this. So, wow. First of all, I'm so stupid right now that I thought 99 was 10 years ago. I thought we were just in 2010. So, it's so crazy. Let's go back to front. So, moosey that was called yeah um 1983 was uh it was a big year for me it was probably one of my favorite years the fact that you know this i don't even think you were born Um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) we're all in our 40s we're older than you think how are you
0: you're in your 40s you guys look young thank you that was the year i started drinking so i was in seventh grade it was seventh grade towards the spring and summer. I grew up on the outskirts of Philly, and uh, we used to have Miller ponies. Remember yeah, ponies? Oh yeah. Ponies, little ponies. So a pony was good because you were 13, because it was little, and it was like, you could drink one, you feel like you're drinking, but it's not a lot, so you drink like four pack of ponies, which is a lot, that got me a t- little tossed now. So Miller ponies, or you could drink one tall boy, old Milwaukee tall Whoa. boy. And that was like three pennies. Uh, we used to drink them in cemeteries. It was the first time I started. It was the, it was the year my, my junk changed. <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on. <laughs> it dropped. It was first. Well, I definitely had an armpit hair. But I, my armpit went before my balls. And then I started getting hair down there. And that was like a fucking, yeah! <laughs> I'm getting hair. I'm drinking ponies. And that was the year I started going to dances. So you would drink a pony, check and see if you had hair. And then you would go to the dance. And so 1983 has a lot for me. But I never heard of Moosey. Dude, <laughs> I was pounding the real shit. You
2: wouldn't have had any hair on your balls if you had moose. Yeah. You know, yeah,
0: moose head. We got moose head, <laughs> and that got you a little bit more fucked up. That was good. Um, but I never heard of moosey. I put moose in my hair, so that's just not. It wasn't in my scope. But I gave you a little backstory of '83 for me. Um, '76. I don't even know what that was. I just. I was. The, that was. A, I got two hundred. I got a lot of Philadelphia stuff in 1976 because it was the 200 year anniversary of 70 so i had like balloons and ashtrays from my dad and so i love the year but again that didn't but it ties into what i'm going to pick which is 99 there's so much going on in 99 and since i'm learning what you guys are and i can see that if i were at a comic-con we would you would probably be buy, right merch, and you'd probably go right up to me and you would give me my own hush puppies on my shelf from Scream. Somehow you would have got them out of my yeah. house and said, can you sign these? And then you'd go over to the girl who started I Spit in Your Grave Too, and you'd have something from that set.
2: Camille Keaton.
0: Yeah. Camille like, Keaton. You're, yeah. Yeah. you're that dialed in. You'd come, you'd come hit me at like Blood at the Beach, which doesn't exist anymore, but you would do it. So... 99 has a lot going on for it. So I'm going to pick Jar Jar because so much is happening. So it was my busiest year in movies. And at that time, I was getting ready to make a movie. I just finished a movie called The Specials. And it was written by a guy named James Gunn. Mm-hmm. James Gunn lived in my back house. And I had only known a little bit about comics. I loved cartoons, but I wasn't a comic guy. James Gunn, at that time, after we got the first movie produced, handed me a book, and he goes, "Start here," and it was called *The Watchmen*. Oh yeah.
3: yeah. And so
0: I went into my fucking house and read it. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking read." I started reading it at night, and it was probably one of five books in my life that I literally just read three days straight till I was done. Fucking, it's not a comic book. It's just a great piece of literature. Mm. And so he hit me, and then and that summer, I remember he moved out. He's, I'm like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to San Diego. Something called Comic Con.
3: <laughs> Never heard of a loser.
0: <laughs> he was going to Comic Con when no one was going. Mm. So I might have known about what you're saying in '76. <laughs> only because of 99 so if you want to matrix it and go reverse <laughs> inception and go to the snow level where leo is before he's at that table with the asian dude level we can go down there and that kind of helps with 99 so then 99 also was they that they brought jar jar banks and there was all of this crazy like blowback like, jar, jar 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 Like whatever <laughs> jar, jar right And it was like Lucas And I had a movie coming out Called Bowfinger Oh yeah And that was directed By a guy Named Frank Oz And Frank Oz Is not only Fozzie Not only Miss Piggy But he's Yoda right. Yeah I was <laughs> getting direction From Yoda I, Direction I was getting I <laughs> And I'm like, Jar Jar's got some rota in it. So, And so I'm learning about comic books and the simulation and the parallel units with James Gunn, who becomes a comic book guy, but it's still fuck 76, 99, blue. And on top of that, I was invited to watch The Phantom Menace at Lucas Walker Ranch. Oh, no shit.
2: Oh, shit.
0: You but go? guess what? I couldn't make it. Because oh. <laughs> I, I was fucking to I was shooting some fucking independent or pilot or something. I was like, no. And it was like, George Lucas and his group personally invite you. And I didn't make it
2: <laughs> Oh my watch God. it. You don't <laughs> even remember where you were? It was that
0: shitty? No, I wanted to go. But what I was doing was not as important as that. But I couldn't get out right, of it. Right. Oh. And I, would, I just worked with Yoda, who directed me, who's the protege of George, baby of Jar Jar who also lived in the back house with James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy, and it all goes back to the raccoon and Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, so 1999 wins this round. <laughs> like, uh,
0: yeah Hands
2: down at Jar Jar. That
0: was a lot of backstory, but it's all connected. That's right.
1: All right, Brent Hand, you win that round and pick up a point. What category are we going with next?
3: Uh, Let's do, uh, let's say TV. All <laughs> right. All right. This is, uh, I don't know about this one. So I, I actually went for the worst of June, 1999. I went to Mary old England on this one. Two things happened that had everyone in their, their, uh, panties in a bunch over there on the 22nd of June, the independent television commission, they criticized their channels over there for failing to warn viewers about the level of explicit sex scenes in its controversial gay drama that you might've heard of queer as folk. That's a huge show that everyone's probably heard of, but It also expressed the series, first episode, which included a scene portraying the seduction of a teenager below the age of consent by an older male. And then on the 24th of the same month, they blew their asses again because the BBC One had a show called The Lakes, and they featured sexual violence, rape, and relationship between a Roman Catholic priest and a member of the congregation. Then they went back and said, you know what, this one didn't go past our boundaries, but that get one with the gay people did, and we're really upset about oh, it. <laughs> oh <my laughs> so God. they withdrew their complaint on that one, uh, and but went back onto the the queerest folk. I've never seen that show. Yeah, good old nastiness from uh, from England and the the powers that be over there. Did you say that they blew them? Was that part of it? No, uh, below the age, below the age of consent. Oh, below the okay, I got it. I <laughs> thought you said he blew the underage. All right, I was like, whoa, yeah. that happened. So, they, you know, England doesn't uh, mind about rape and Catholic priest sex and stuff like that, but don't let a gay person.
2: Fall in love. Yeah. Don't get in love. Yeah. You yeah. know. June of 99. 99, too. I could expect that from 76 where I'm at,
1: but 99. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm bringing all the really fun ones it. on this one, right? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, man crush. What do you have for this round?
3: All right. So let's
2: go to June 4th of 1976 there was a pretty popular gritty crime drama that aired thursday nights on abc and it was called the streets of san francisco and if you're not familiar with the show it, yep. it, all right good i'm glad you know it uh it ran from 72 oh, yeah uh, all the way till its demise in 77 and the show itself michael douglas exactly it, it followed detectives mike stone and steve keller which are played by carl M- malden and michael douglas It's your typical crime show. You got the one salty detective played by Malden. Then you got the young whippersnapper played by Douglas and the two guys. They had great chemistry. Both of them spent time with San Francisco PD to build the credibility, all this stuff. But then One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest happened in 1975. And I didn't even know this until I did the research, but Michael Douglas was actually the producer for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So obviously Uh that movie, it's a smash hit. It's one of the best movies of all time, won five Oscars. And in spite of that, the show is about to you know, do some really serious changes. Michael Douglas decided after the recent success of the movie that he was going to shift focus on his career and go to movies. So he only did two episodes in that fifth season and rode off into the sunset. But the streets of San Francisco did not because ABC decided to cast another detective to take Michael Douglas' spot. And they hired uh, theater mainstay Richard Hatch. But it didn't end there. And from time to time on this show, We get to see these boneheaded network moves like this one, because not only did they lose their popular co-star, but then they decided to move the show to 10 p.m. so we can go head-to-head with CBS's crime drama, Barnaby Jones. (laughs) Needless to say, ABC lost out on this one, and The Streets of San Francisco ended up being canceled at the end of the 1977 season, and that was all she wrote for The Streets of San Francisco.
1: Wow. All right, so for my worst of news, we're going to go to uh, the Detroit Free Press, uh, June 21st, 1983. You know, and I was taking a look at all the new TV shows that were debuting and everything, and then an excerpt in this article written by Shirley Elder reminded me of something that I just could not stand about 80s television. And in the article she writes, As much as I like Ed McMahon, and I really do, I'm very bored and annoyed at his hard-sell TV pitches for too many products. In the last couple of months, McMahon has been jumping out of the tube, insisting we buy life insurance he's selling, which he claims, if you're at least up to the age of 80, you can get with no physical exam. All you have to do is call a toll-free number, blah, blah, blah. And how about his Ed McMahon sweepstakes, which not only comes at you from the tube, but arrives uninvited at the mail at your house with a picture of himself on the envelope. Enough, Ed McMahon, old buddy. Enough.
3: And get off my fucking lawn. That's like shit.
1: <laughs> so I went back and I researched and I actually found the Colonial Pen ad with Ed McMahon from 1983. And, the, of course, the Publishers Clearing House sweepstakes commercials that were on every single commercial break. Hell, I even remember commercial breaks where you'd get both commercials and you'd get a double dose of Ed McMahon. So probably one of the most annoying things about 80s television Ed McMahon commercials from 1983. That's what I have for the worst of television. So let's go over to our guest judge, Jamie Kennedy, for the ruling for the television round.
0: Um, All right, I'll give you an answer. Pretty easy. Um, First one was Streets of San Francisco. I loved that show. I kind of remember when Dickie Hatch came in, Dick Hatch, and um, it was a power move, Mike Douglas. Got uh, He got the rights of that play. Let me tell you what a power move that was. His father, Kirk, was the star on Broadway of that. But he didn't even let his father audition. <laughs> he said, you're not right for the role. <laughs> and he went to Jack. And him and Jack were boys. And by the way, it was the greatest move in the history. And I don't know if him and his dad were homies after that, but that's 100%. Look that up. Power move. So the next one, Ed. He didn't bother me. He was comforting. I like star search. I like the fact that he can show up at your door. (laughs) I like Johnny Carson and him together. So no, I like that one. Let's just go. My, my thing is I'm just going to definitely go with the BBC. Um, just for the fact that they're fucking prim and proper and all that shit.
1: (laughs) All right, Brent hand, you jump out to an early two nothing lead and take control of the board. What category do we want to go with for our final one-point round?
3: All right, let's go news. Uh, I got June 6th. The Explore Zipworm was first found. Uh, It was known to destroy Microsoft Office documents, and it was first detected when uh, an email was forwarded around, and the email actually said, Hi, I have received your email, and I shall send you a reply ASAP. Till then, take a look at the attached zip docs. Bye. And... They opened that bitch up. It's 1999, <laughs> man. You got an email that you get, like, four of those a decade. So you're going to open the email, and it did two things. It deleted all Microsoft Office-related files, and it did a mail merge and sent itself to everyone in your address book.
2: And that shit's still happening in 2020 with right, people that Right, shit. and
3: it was pretty nasty, even, like, um, the government- uh, like the different government facilities sent out memos to everyone, like don't open this because you're gonna, you know, really mess things up. And it was a, it was called a worm, and it just it ate everything, and it was kind of a big deal. It's like a graboid. Hey,
0: yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly. More than a worm.
0: <laughs> and let me tell you guys something: if you guys got ass blasters, then you definitely have graboids. <laughs>
1: All right, Man Crush, what do you have for the news round?
2: All right, let's go back to 1976. We got June 8th, 1976, and we keep talking about this, but with everything going on in the world right now, we didn't want to bring some really depressing news to a worst of episode. so the news that's going on right now is bad enough. So let's bring just some stupid shit to the table, and this one takes the cake for 1976. Uh, Here's a news story out of Associated Press about the iconic Rod Stewart and no offense to you, Jamie, or any other stars that come on, but you hardly hear such truth come from a celebrity's mouth about his own personal life as this story. And you'll see what I'm talking about right here.
0: Thank you for calling me a star, by the way. <laughs> <You're welcome>.
2: So, <laughs> The title of this story is Rod Stewart Says He Probably Won't Marry Britt Ucklin. All right, so the story goes, Rod Stewart, the rock star, superstar, says it's unlikely he will marry his Swedish girlfriend, actress Britt Eklund, with whom he's been living with for the past two years in Los Angeles. Stewart, who threw a lavish London party Tuesday night for 500 guests, told John Blake of the London Evening News, and I quote, I do not think Britt and I will ever marry. I could be proved wrong this time next year, but I feel like I have not found the woman I want to marry yet. Britt and I are very much in love, but I'm still a little rampant. And I got an eye for the odd leg and bosom. Uh wow. that has got to be the most honest thing I have ever seen. Now was that how
3: she found this shit out? Or was or was she um, <laughs> on no, you know, She knew this shit.
2: Surprise. She she kinda she kinda knew. Let me get into this a little bit. So uh she was dangling on that hot rod stewart action so you know yeah for, i mean for 2 years and but basically what he said here is like we really love each other but i really love having sex with other people and uh but here's a little follow up from her she did an interview in january 2020 and it's almost like an update on unsolved mysteries i just want to hear robert stacco update <laughs> but the uh the former bond girl now 75 She claims that Rod was ultra stingy with his money, and during the two years they lived together from 75 to 77, he made her pay rent. And on top of that, he he also liked to wear her satin knickers. And to, to back up her statement, Rolling Stones guitarist Ronnie Wood said that Rod was as tight as two coats of paint. Wow. So there you have it. You have, oh
3: uh, my
1: God. You,
2: you have Rod Stewart, honest to a fault, cheap, and likes to wear silk panties. So what do you have, Mark? Oh, <laughs> fuck. I'll man. tell you what he doesn't have. That's
3: silk panties. I'm mean, going to limb there. You want to bet? <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So for my news story, uh, before we get going, uh, Man Crush, Brent, do you guys happen to know how to spell Ratatouille? No. No. Oh, darn. Well, if you did, you could have won $1,000. Wow. We're going to go to the Dallas Morning News in an article written by Jim Bluey. Correct, Ratatouille wins spelling contest out of Washington, D.C. But for a dish of French stew, Eric Raunchi of St. Petersburg, Florida, might be $1,000 richer today. Raunchi, 13, had never heard of Ratatouille, a stew made from eggplant, tomatoes, green peppers, squash, sometimes meat. Ratatou, Ratatou, he winchingly asked, the pronouncer, on Thursday's 56th annual Scripps National Spelling Bee. Raunchy misspelled the word. Blake Gideons of New Mexico had never heard of Ratatouille either, but he did spell it correctly to become the champion. So, for my worst of news, I have the Scripps National Spelling Bee.
3: All right, give this shit to Rod Stewart and let's move on.
0: (laughs) Can I do one of my long-winded answers? Yes, of course. Ratatouille was actually an amazing Pixar movie, and it made me eat ratatouille. Like I never really had ratatouille until after that movie, and I really liked ratatouille. The fact that it's it's not that easy to spell. Let's be real about it.
1: All right, well, try to spell ratatouille, Jamie.
0: R A. It's got two T's. And then it's got a ooey. I think it's an O U I L L E, possibly.
1: He is just about it's R-A-T-A-T-O-U-I-L-L-E.
0: Ah, there's a T, an extra T. Rata, uh, I said I went Rada Louie. <laughs> All right, so here's what I'm saying. What was it? Yeah, Rod Stewart, I mean, Britt Eklund was a is she still live? Yeah, 75. She's a smoke show now. I mean, the fact that Rod Stewart. Was like yo girl, I like, got you over there, right? You stay here, right over there. You know, I got to go over there and get some more birds. You know, what I mean, look at the pins on that bird. I mean, that's a power. That's just you got. I don't think that's the worst though. That was incredible. Also,
3: uh, it's a new month. You owe me. You owe me rent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that. Oh fuck. Well, the funny thing is, I would say this. I was been. I've been to Rod Stewart's house before because I've been to a couple parties of his daughter, and that dude has got. A compound with houses on it that are like mansions within mansions. So he definitely spends money on himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I mean, that's a kind of a ballsy thing to say, though, to like one of the hottest women in history. When he also had that rumor around that he took down, you know, ten ounces of fresh semen. Remember that yeah. one? It was in his belly. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he's down sucking down semen. I don't know if
1: that was true. Doesn't it it matter man, it if it's br- fresh or not at that point, really. I, man,
0: he took it. <laughs> Apparently he took it. That it was weird. Like it's basically to give the guy a blow job. That's what I remember. About the early eighties. No, he took down 10 ounces of fresh semen in his stomach. It was well, how to get there. I mean, there was a way to get it there. <laughs> so that was the thing. And then, and then that was, that was pre gerbil gear. You know, yeah. all these rumors, we hate rumors. <laughs> it was the, it was the gerbil semen. But anyway, you got to go with Rod Stewart, but I will say this. Um, runner up to Scott Bay. always, always been a good guy to me. I always like, Rod, I like Bayo. I mean, you know, Rod was a little aggressive, but Bayo, uh, this is a document. In fact, bought Pam Anderson when they first started dating. She got to L.A. a vacuum uh, <laughs> because she was
3: she was a maid, and Bayo said, "Here you go. This is a nice birthday gift." That that's documented. So, hey, you you, you buy Dad some power <laughs> tools. You buy her a vacuum. You know, you wear women's panties. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah.
1: All right, man crush. Well, Rod's Rod takes this round and you pick up a point heading into the first two point rounds. What category are we going with next?
3: It's the nitty-gritty now, boys.
2: All right, so since we got Jamie on here, I'm going to we're going to go movies last. Let's do music right now and bang this one out. Uh, even though Jamie's a phenomenal rapper, let's uh let's move this Priest. on to <laughs> Let's move this. I just watched Malibu's Most Wanted again the other night, man. I was fucking dying. Malabeesy.
0: <laughs> I'm out here on a fucking gun turret, and you guys were doing this pop, But I'm having a lot of fun out here. <laughs> Blackhawks are going over, and you're like, "All right, so Cabbage Patch dogs.
2: <laughs> All right, so here we go. June twenty eighth, nineteen seventy six. It's the seventies. It's nineteen seventy six. Disco's enormous. And right around this time, like, disco is so huge. You have, like, all the crossovers, so you know it's big. Like, for example, in 76, you got Elton John and Kiki D doing Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Mm -hmm. I kind of equate that to, like, the 90s when you had, like, all the rock and rap mashups. Yeah. But luckily for us, like, rap survived and disco died a horrible death probably in 79. But in 1976, disco was, it's fucking paramount. And these English lads were at the forefront of the movement for disco. And I warn you, their songs get stuck in your head. And it's the reason I picked this. I wasn't going to pick this song at first. But the goddamn thing lingered in my head like all day yesterday. And for that, fuck you, Bee Gees. (sighs) The the song by the Bee Gees, it spread like the plague in 76. It was actually number one on the chart on the Billboard Hot 100, as well as every other relevant dance chart. And it's the first number one hit for the BJ's where Barry Gibb got to use his cartoonish falsetto voice and give that one to the masses. But deep down, like, I don't like disco, but the damned falsetto, it like gets in your bones. And speaking of Barry Gibb, if you guys look at a picture of Barry Gibb, does he look like Kip Winger to you?
1: <laughs> you never see them in the same place, oddly enough.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh, man. It might be. But anyways, this is the Bee Gees classic that I have on par with uh, Hanson's Mbop, and that's You should be dancing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're welcome for that getting stuck in your head for the next two days. Just that one part.
1: Wow. Good one. (laughs) Well, at least your musical selection is uh, a little more listenable than mine. Is it? And and it's so odd, because this is from an artist that I absolutely love, but I, I just can't get into this one. We're talking about official release number 38 from Frank Zappa's Barking Pumpkin Records, Frank Zappa, London Symphony Orchestra. Now, this was an album that he put out independently. He wrote and composed original music and then paid the London Symphony Orchestra to record it. It was an all-digital recording of a symphony orchestra. Originally, it was only limited to 6,000 pressings. And why? Because it was all self-financed. Zappa himself went on David Letterman on June sixteenth, 1983. Letterman asked him, How do you get the London Symphony Orchestra to play your stuff? Frank Zappa blatantly said, you pay them. (laughs) And he said, but isn't the London Symphony Orchestra a prestigious organization? And Zappa says, of course, you pay them a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Everything for this album came out of pocket and at the end of the interview letterman asked him so what are you going to do with the earnings from this album and zappa just burst into laughter he's like there's not going to be any earnings from this album (laughs) if you're really into classical music and a really quality early digital recording go check it out frank zappa london symphony orchestra that's what i got from my worst of 1983
3: all right so my worst uh, for June of 1999. Now, this one could go either way. It depends on which side of the fence you're on. If this was a good thing to you or if it was a bad thing, but you're in the music industry, you absolutely loathed this. And it literally, I can tell you, changed the world. And I will say, Lars and Metallica, please don't sue us just for talking about this. Napster is launched June 1st. Peer-to-peer file sharing ushering in the eventual end-of-the-record industry as we knew it at that time. And now uh, it brought forward because of MP3 was was introduced and people could share these files. And everyone went apeshit because you wanted that new Nickelback.exe song that gives your (laughs) (laughs) computer herpes and uh, (laughs) fucks everything up. But yeah, and that was in, and then that gave way to LimeWire and things like that, and then now we have, you know bit torrents and or just tell your spotify or your smart speaker to play whatever you want and you can hear it because everything's at the touch of a finger no. thank you spotify <laughs> or napster yeah
0: either one but that kicked it off so what were the these are the worst it was it was frank it was napster and what was the other one the fucking Bee Gees. You guys are. This is not the worst. These are all amazing things. What are we doing here? <laughs> this is. This is. Fuck
3: Mary Kill. I mean, come on, man. This is. We don't have circle, circle, dot, dot music money, you know. So we gotta, we gotta look yeah. at Napster <laughs> as a win. But maybe you see yeah. that as a bad thing.
0: <laughs> no, I fucking Napster is a win because that changed the game of the music business and how we consume. Uh, Frank Zapp is a genius and Dweezil. He did the song, the theme song for Jamie Kane Experiment. Whoa. He also did Lisa Loeb. Yeah, 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 he did. Continually, he did her. And uh, she should come to my taping. She's so sweet and weasel. And the Bee Gees are fucking amazing. The fact that they could do that. They were so funky. I had a fucking satin shirt. You can find it online somewhere. Me in 1976. So these are terrible because these are all great. <laughs> Why are you hating it? I mean, I didn't... I'm, Rod Stewart, I also like him. What are we doing These are the here? best on, of the worst.
3: To... We're, we're, we're playing it, you know, the world's on fire. They're not
0: bad. <laughs> They're not bad. Okay, so if I had to pick one, I guess Napster, but only because it didn't work, but it did because it ushered in iTunes mm-hmm. and ushered in Spotify and ushered in Pandora. So I guess it was bad in the sense that but I fucking got a lot of Napster files, you yeah. Know? So I think it, I think that 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 I'll take that as the lesser. But I also really like Napster, so I'm reluctantly saying Napster.
2: Come on, dude, you were a star in '99, bro. Why were you
0: using Napster? <laughs> People would send it and go, hey, I got this new thing. I'm like, what is it? They're like Napster. I'm actually, I never had a Napster. I'm sorry. The government <laughs> will fucking look at this. I never had a Napster.
1: That's why the Blackhawks are over your house now, is because of those Napster songs you downloaded in
3: '99. Uh, yeah (laughs) what's this napster shit i've never heard of yeah (sighs) Jamie kennedy has got napster (laughs) i'm gonna go i'm gonna go napster all right so we got movies left is that right is that what is that what i'm left with that's
1: right all right so brent you jump back out to the lead with a three to one lead but we're heading into the movies round
3: all right so my pick it was a giant flop loosely based on a 1960s tv show But it was a giant flop with a giant spider, released June 30th, The Wild, Wild West. Do you guys remember that movie?
1: Oh, yeah.
2: yeah, Of course you do. And uh,
3: Will Smith considers it one of his worst movies ever, and he says, I wanted to win and be the biggest movie star. And what happened was there was a lag around Wild, Wild West time. I found myself promoting something because I wanted to win versus promoting Something because I believed in it, Will Smith. Oh, yeah, and he passed on The Matrix to do that movie because he thought this was the sure thing that would, would make him the most money. So he said no to The Matrix and did Wild Wild West. And the greatest thing about the Wild Wild West is if you've ever heard Kevin Smith's story about writing Superman... And with the guy who ended up making Wild Wild West, he was like, and at the end, he's got to fight a giant spider. <laughs> he's like, why is he going to fight a fucking spider? He's like, you got to fight a fucking spider. That's the, or you don't get the movie. And then the whole end of Wild Wild West is them fighting a giant spider because that was the dude's caveat if he was going to make a goddamn movie, it had to have a
2: giant spider. So, what a shitty movie!
3: It was pretty wow. bad. And and the dude is trying to r- usher back in racism. But all they make fun of the main guy is, is because he has no legs. So they make fun of him for being a cripple. Not that he's like a blatant racist and you know, whatever else he is, but he can't, he can't walk on his own. So fuck that motherfucker. (laughs) Just a, just a, a champion of a movie all around. All
1: right. So for my worst of 1983 movie, you know. The naughty high schoolers of Angel Beach, they're back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going June 24th, 1983, with the release of Porky's 2 the next day. <laughs> the totally superfluous sequel that nobody asked for found an article in the Central New Jersey Home News. A simple line from Porky's 2 the next day Hey, that's funny. Not as funny as your face, but pretty funny. In general, <laughs> Porky's 2 isn't even that funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they opened this review. I don't know why Porky's was last year's most commercially successful comedy. Now we have a completely superfluous follow-up that packs about half of the chuckles of the last film and can't even muster the sneering obsession with sex for better or worse that made its predecessor notable. And the crazy thing about this, the namesake of the Porky's franchise, the Porky's bar which was in the first movie, and of course, spoilers, they destroy at the end of the first movie, not Mm -hmm. even mentioned in the second movie, and it's the very next day. They destroyed a restaurant, (laughs) okay? And all of a sudden, they're worried about Seminole Indians and the Ku Klux Klan and a school play. It's an
3: absolute mess. Hey, it was the 80s. It was a different time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention a bunch of 30-year-olds playing high school kids. (laughs) The most egregious offense from Porky's 2 the next day is that they didn't call it Porky's 2 Still Porkin'. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Man Crush, (laughs) what do you have for worst of movies?
2: All right, before I get into this pick... Just in case I let my daughter listen to this one, I don't want her, I'll stop it here. <laughs> Jamie, she actually she wanted me to let you know, yes. and she this actually happened. She's 14. She cried when Randy died and Scream.
0: You know what? Tell her I feel her pain because my <laughs> paycheck also died. Yeah,
3: right? New <laughs> sequel coming out. Man,
0: fuck, right? We'll see. We'll see. So far, Randy is still dead in that van, but you never know. <laughs>
3: I want Randy to have been pulling the fucking strings the entire damn time. <laughs> Me and you, brother. I know. We'll see. We'll let's
2: see. Let's petition. We'll <laughs> rewrite this and send it in. Yeah.
3: All right. So let's
2: uh, let's do this. She can listen now. Or she can't listen now. June 4th, 1976. Mark took the liberty of doing this a few weeks back. So I was like, what What the fuck? I'll do it. Uh, of course, June was actually a fairly strong month for movies in 1976. We had The Omen, Midway, and there was a few other decent movies that came out. So I went digging into newspapers.com to find out what was playing at the drive-in. And lo and behold, on the same page in the LA Times where they show all the drive-in movies, it also showed all the X-rated offerings around town. And one particular movie had quite the spread in the LA Times. So, I dove head first, and I found a copy of the movie and it didn't disappoint uh totally qualifies for the worst of the month and it's one of those like fringe pornos where they think it's an actual story, but I found like lots of holes in this. an art
1: house film and,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's director Anthony Spinelli, who at the time went by wendy Lyons um he was Whoa. trying to make this like real. Cinematic movie with the assistance of like some infused fuck scenes to really ram it (laughs) home. (laughs) Infused
3: fuck scenes, I gotta tell you, is one of my favorite terms I've heard in a while. Whoa, that's infused. It is. It's like a dish or a drink. Infused fuck scenes. Would you like a good infused? Hold
0: on.
2: You guys got to hear what this movie is about. All right, so here we go. So we have Cindy whose real name is Anna, but her friends tell her that Cindy is a better hooker name. So <laughs> she, obviously she, she's, a, she, she's a prostitute, but she's only doing it to pay for her boyfriend to get through medical school. <laughs> so, this, whole fucking, this podcast is going to be canceled for promoting this. This is Jesus. Oh no, it gets worse. It, that's only the beginning of this. All right, so depending on how you look at this, like she's either a good girlfriend or she's a shitty one. But right off the bat, she has sex with her pimp, and then her boyfriend shows up at the place and gets his ass kicked by the pimp. Then three minutes later, she jumps off the fucking roof and kills herself.
0: Oh my god!
3: Finale. Wow. Okay. So
0: finale.
2: So then, so then from there, they go to her funeral where only four people show up her pimp <laughs> two other prostitutes and her boyfriend <laughs> and this is where the action like really heats up because then like while they're at the funeral every person like they're reliving in their head all of her sex debates. it's a real tearjerker let me tell you but the uh the movie it stars former centerfold amber hunt oh. who is most famous for getting fisted in the 1978 classic candy stripes there's a fucking resume wow. builder
0: Wait, front door, yeah, front you, door, back door, fishing. I think it was the uh, seventies. Front, front
2: door, yeah, 80s. Front door. That,
0: they weren't ready for that action yet.
2: <laughs> no, but dude, she was grabbing this dude's forearm and driving it home. It was that's a lot. It was impressive. I, that's was impressive. a lot.
0: That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but if if you're into extremely hairy muffs, this is the movie that's right up your alley. It is the Anthony Spinelli classic, I guess, "Cry for Cindy," which is a great porno name
3: it also sounds like every movie that comes out on lifetime <laughs> the name yeah. of. except for fucking
0: yeah. wait is that the end is that the end of that movie is there the, i thought you were gonna tell me more <laughs> wait so they had an orgy an orgy broke out at her funeral then what happened what happened to the rest of no the
2: movie? dude there's no orgy at the funeral see that's why it's weird it's like all four people are standing there the pimp says fuck it he leaves So you don't get like a backstory from him because he already
3: fucked her in the back. I love how you watched this just to tell us all of this. You're like, I watched it for you. Of course I did. It's research, And he won the toss-off. He won the (laughs) toss-off. I won the toss I told you.
2: See, it all ties back. So the two prostitutes that got her into it, she used to be a hairdresser before. So they go into the, spoilers, by the way, they go into the whole backstory of how they got her into it and how she didn't really like it at first because she was just doing it for her boyfriend, but then she really gets into it. I'm spoiling the movie for you, by the way. You can watch it. Go to X Hamster if you guys want to watch this, and it's there, I'm sure. But was it a
0: porn or was it a,
2: a mix? It's a porn, but I think Spinelli. It's 70s it porn, was... so they all had a plot. Right. Yeah,
0: he thought he was doing something cinematic. By the way, he said X Hamster, and that's an impressive call right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some good quality on that one. <laughs> Re-released
2: in HD, by the way. Oh, so you can go wow. check that out. Wow.
0: This if is
2: you Im- really want to dig deep
0: later, you can- It's called out. A Cry for Help or A Cry- Cry, cry for Cindy. <laughs> cry for Cindy. S-I-N, like sin? No, or- no, no, no. Oh. No, it's just
3: regular C i n d y. And then the, the ever-popular sequel, A Cry for Cindy 2, The Next Day. <laughs> no, she's dead, motherfucker. She jumped off a roof.
1: <laughs> wow. All right. So let's go down to our celebrity guest judge Jamie Kennedy for the final ruling.
0: Um, you know, I, there's a lot of history here. I have connections to two of the movies, not the Cindy movie. Uh, God <laughs> damn <don't> it! <laughs> but Porky's raised me. I mean, Porky's you you could actually you could actually say that Porky's was based on a sex crime, right? Because <laughs> they literally they look through the fucking hole, right? That's like a fucking yep illegal to do that like but back in the day that that's porky's birth that it's the same with revenge of the nerds right oh yeah yeah those nerds
3: were rapey
0: <laughs> yeah right and that was that was the first time i ever saw like we've got bush like that was legit an ogre so uh i hate to say I'm a mistake but but also Wawa west because um, I, you know, Will Smith, I love him. I was doing enemy of the state. And I remember that when I got that, I heard on the set that that was going to be his next movie. And it was Barry Sonfeld and don't get mad at me. Will. I still never saw the movie. <laughs> I still have not seen that. Movie. Um, the matrix thing I had heard, I would say the matrix thing I heard, I heard a few people passed on that. I heard Brad Pitt passed on it. Yeah. I heard like five people passed on it and it was so advanced. No one knew what it was. I'm not gonna. I love Will. I'm not gonna fault Will. I, you know, Porky's kind of raised me. I'm sorry to, to say that. Don't cancel me. Um, but this Porky's too sounds But I'm gonna go with uh, what was his name again? The director? Anthony Spinelli. I'm gonna go with Spinelli just because he didn't have an orgy break out at the funeral. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the worst. If you're gonna have a funeral scene, with I mean, why not have that happen, or at least you know something, right? Somebody is doing something in there. I don't freaking know. Somebody fucked somebody, a parishioner.
1: <laughs> All right, so you know what that means, listeners. We have a tie between man crush... No,
0: I didn't even know that. I can't even remember. That, that's incredible.
1: <laughs> we have a 3-3 tie between man crush and Brent Han, And as our celebrity guest judge, Jamie Kennedy, you get to decide how we break the tie.
0: You want us to get in, like, a race? Or-
1: I
2: don't
0: know. <laughs> Is that what I do? I pick, I pick something like that? or Why don't I just do this? Why don't I do... I do the damn coin, coin, coin toss again. Yeah, there you go. There
3: that works go. too.
0: Let's do that. Let's
3: get that coin. I keep hitting that damn thing. Yeah. Um. Let's look here. Are you guys ready to call it in the air? Man crush. You call this one. The, I call the first All one. All right. Let's
2: let's go fucking let's go heads for Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready?
0: Good calling that? Ooh. Tail. Oh, Oh. Cindy took it in the tushy.
3: (laughs) She actually does, by the way. just to throw that
0: out. That's ahead of its time. It's ahead of its time to do it back then.
3: Jamie, I've been a I've been a guest on this show several times. I've lost several times. So you brought me out of my funk. I think you, said You won. I won. Fuck yeah! yeah. Yeah. You guys don't know this, but this was all planned. Jamie and I are cousins, so we had this (laughs) plan.
0: He's got aliens. It looks like he has aliens on his stuff. But I'm a fan of aliens. Oh, yeah. That's what my That's what my show's about. I get on it with you sometimes. You heard it here, folks.
1: All right. Well, thanks a lot, <laughs> Jamie. You have been an excellent guest. Judge, tell everybody about the new comedy special.
0: Ah, uh, you can see it. it's called Stupid Smart. Like you know, you ever hear that? Yo, that guy's so smart, he's stupid. You know, something <laughs> like that. Um. It's that. It's on Tubi, which I say is Netflix with commercials, but they got a ton of great movies. You may even find A Cry for Cindy or whatever that was. A cry for, I, d- I doubt it. A Crying Fist for Cindy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's out now. It came out on fucking Memorial Day, and uh, it's my latest special. So uh, check it out.
2: Let me ask you, how, how did that end up in the back of a bowling alley? The front was used for a bar mitzvah
0: yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> the, la- the laser tag place was closed uh it's well you know these places have all this different stuff so like the guy who created it is a really he's a really good comic and he he it's really cool it's intimate but i guess he had a thought of like it's true he has like glow in the dark golf that's one section he's got a whole arcade And a bowling alley, that's another section, and he's got a comedy club. So maybe the parents come, watch a show, drop the kids off. I have no idea, but it's like everyone can do something at the place. And it's one of the best clubs in the country, and it's so intimate, but yet hilariously, the the crowds love to laugh there. So they don't get offended, so that's why I did it there.
2: That's pretty sweet. Was that part authentic in the beginning where you are really saying like, how many people heard about this on my Facebook? And oh, yeah, is this is a group
0: on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just kind of went out and started off and I just threw some lines out there. And then, you know, they seem to work. And I try to take in my atmosphere before I go and then kind of, you know, so sort of personalizes it for the people. And then I kind of ingratiate myself to the crowd, deprecate a little bit, you know, and some people who are real fans of. Me well, no, I'm Bert Gummer's son, but that's like for the hardcore guys like you, you know you guys but other people in like you know mid America work a bit bad and beyond won't even know that, so it's like I kind of slowly do that. I heard you
2: mention ushering before, and I saw just a couple months ago you were in an usher video
0: I was i was how the fuck did that come about? Uh, my buddy was the producer and uh usher. Uh, he was doing his, his video I'm not sure, and and I he was like, yo, how about Jamie for this part? And she's like, oh yeah, I like that dude. And so I ended up doing... <laughs> I need a Jamie Kennedy type.
3: How about Jamie Kennedy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right? Did
2: you just hang out there and shit or you just shot the video and that was it?
0: I went, you know, and hung out for a little bit and Evan Roth was in it. And it was my buddy and Jermaine Ducree was in it and Snoop. We all had different parts. so Everybody shot their own part and I was kind of there for Evan's part and then went into mine and then Evan joined and then they kept me around. So I did the end and it was shot in a huge mansion. Usher was there doing his thing. It was awesome. It was like, I just, you know, I'm, I was having fun. I love it. You know, he's amazing. And that's not even the first one you were in a Chris Brown video, like a couple years back too. Chris Brown. Yeah, man. His, another guy hit me up and said, yo, Chris likes you. You want to be in this video? And I was like, let's do it. And so, he, you, you did your research. You dug in the crates right there. And Chris is like, what's up, player? Boom, did my little cameo, and then hung out. I always got him to do my cameo, and then I hang out because I'm having such a good time, and they're like, we're gonna put you in the montage. So then I <laughs> hang out for the montage. And uh, you know, got his email, we email so maybe i can put me usher and chris on a on, a, on an email chain
3: <laughs> fuck yeah just don't send them that worm that Bert yeah no shit right before you don't want to do that we show. were asking he was being nice because i just booked an usher video so he wanted to ask for me so i know what that's no true i want to believe that <laughs> <laughs> i'm sexy dancer
2: number four. <laughs> yeah. Oh no not sexy dancer number four <laughs> hey. i'm i'm five uh you also did a movie that I just watched last week because you filmed it up here where I live. Uh, and I wanted to know like where exactly you filmed. It, it was Trick.
0: Yes. We, was. Did you film that in Newburgh, New York? We filmed it somewhere in upstate New York. I want to say like two hours from the city, maybe Rochester or something like that. Oh, shit. I thought the
2: studio said it was in Newburgh. That's
0: why it oh, yeah, really yeah, looked yeah, familiar. Yeah. Is, oh, it was in Newburgh. That, where is that at?
2: It's like 20 minutes from me, which is... I'm an hour from the city.
0: Yeah, it was, well, it was maybe an hour from the city to just two and a half hours from Philly, so... Um, yeah, that makes sense. So that's because I came from there. So, yeah, I did that, and um, it was great, man. I got to work with Patrick and Omar. And, you know, it was like a little screaming, reunion. it was just great. Was awesome. Are you doing a sequel to that one? Because I know they spoiler they kind of like leave it open at the end there I want to that's why I really wanted to get involved I wanted to work with Patrick and then I just was like this character's so good and he kind of splices in and out a lot pops in and there's a lot I don't want to give it away but you know there's a lot there that he could have a good uh, little thing happen you know and he could start his own thing so I would like that we'll see what happens you know what I mean but the movie really connected with people that are like you, you know, fans of the genre for sure. Yeah. And you're a creepy
2: fucker in that movie. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you pulled, you definitely pulled it
0: off. Same shirt. Uh, from the moment I saw now. you.
2: Are you really? Kind
0: no. Of, no, but I'm kind of in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, man, it was a great movie to do.
2: Yeah, that's fucking sweet, man. Like when I saw that it was done in Newberry, that's why I wanted to ask you about it. Because right in the back over here but you have anything else you want to plug before you get out of here i don't want to keep you all night especially with the helicopters and shit going
0: your head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i'll tell you off air Well, i'll tell you on air right now I just go watch my new special it's on tubi it's called stupid smart um it's a free streaming service you can also watch coming to the stage starting tomorrow uh on pluto and uh i'm the host of that for season eight it's like uh pluto's version of like you know, live from the improv or, you know, BET's Comic View, and I'm the host. So there will be seven episodes this season. And I did a movie called Crabs in the Bucket with Jeremy Piven, Taryn Manning, and Boost Dern, and that's going to come out um, somewhere in the towards the end of the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> or it might not come yes, out. Yes, exactly. Like- Wait, can I plug my socials? I'll plug my socials. At Jamie Kennedy on Twitter, the Jamie Kennedy, Instagram, Jamie Kennedy on Facebook, Jamie Kennedy, Snapchat, Jamie dot com. You can find out me you and know, all that hate to break it to you is my podcast. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: <laughs> that's fine. With all the shit that's going on right now with the movies being shut down and like theaters not opening or whatever. What is the outlook of Hollywood from where you stand right now? What do you think's going to happen you know, maybe like six months down the line. Are we going to be seeing movies in the theater? Are we going to be at the drive-in? Are we not going to be seeing movies on anything but VOD? What's the story?
0: I mean, I'm not an expert, but I can tell you what I've heard. Uh, well, Bert Kreischer, you know, he's amazing. And he just pivoted. He's going to do a drive-in comedy tour. So he'll do touring of comedy and drive-in movie theaters, which is great. Obviously, Wretched. You read that story, which I'm sure you guys know, is the number one movie in America right now, and that's in drive-ins. Um, I think you're going to see more live entertainment like that from cars and such, distance, distancing way. Um, Trolls 2 uh, really is a game changer. I mean, it's going to go down the history books. as like the game changer of Hollywood. A lot of people, uh, that movie made a lot more money than the first and a lot less time with direct, direct, uh, consumption. And I think people love that. And I think the world is changing every hour. Um, you guys know what's up and I, I have no desire to go out right now, you know, only for right. necessities or like, you know, fight a, or fight a cause. And, uh, you know, people are, they're going to probably be inside for a while. And I think Hollywood's going to pivot. It was supposed to be a movie starting here next month. Um, but I don't know if that's going to happen. And, and I only heard they're starting to shoot in Australia and New Zealand, but even then that might be And So I think a like lot right now you're going to see a lot of zoom entertainment. And I think you're going to see a lot of catalogs come back. And I think you're going to see a lot of like things in front of a green screen and such until we figure it out. But, um, there's so much more going on right now than just entertaining people. And I, th- and I think, and I think that, that, that actually, you know, dude I, dude, I love going to the movies, man. Like, it's, a, it's. A, I've been doing it my whole life, you know, and I'm not like you guys with your cinephiles, but I've been to some really good movies. I saw Jaws in the movie theater when I was a kid, when I was five, and I also saw The Form with Michael, uh, with Michael uh, Kane, you know, remember that movie? And, right. And it's like, that's what we did, you know, we went to a movie theater, and uh, I, uh, AMC said, because Universal made so much money on trolls too, that they may not even, uh, yeah, well, they're blocking them. Well, and then AMC said, oh, really? You're not going to put certain movies in the theater? You're not going to any movies. So that's just, to me, in my opinion, it's such a stupid statement because Universal has IP and will make shit forever. Yeah. AMC is just the distribution platform. And to be honest with you, unless I'm watching Hemsworth, you know, uh, or, or you know, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, Strange in, in 30 Feet, a man's Chinese, I don't need to go. Like, you know, I've been to some of the greatest movie theaters in the world, but my TV is great. I got, you get a sound bar for fucking 200 bucks and it sounds like that now. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, <laughs> I think you can man cave it up. And, but the only reason to go out to a movie now is just to like chill, watch the previews. If you want to do a, a day of it, like sometimes it's really hot in the summer and go watch three movies in a row. I'd still do that. You know what I mean? If I'm not busy. It's it's a, t- t- it's a thing to do, but to actually consume great movies, you don't have to do that anymore.
3: Just make sure that if you're trying to show your kids trolls to, you don't actually get troll to, because that is a completely <laughs> different fucking movie. Uh, it's, so <laughs> it's, true, it's a good it's movie. The kind of Sleeper Movies, man. Oh, yeah. They 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 had a documentary just a couple years about how, how crazy that movie was. Yeah.
0: Oh shit.
2: But thanks for the insight on that. I mean, it, it's nice hearing it from the other side. It's kind of what we figured, but it's nice to see. I'm, for me, I I want the driving to come back. I think that's an awesome experience that a lot of people missed out on for years and they were closing down and that'll come back. But now it feels like we're going to lose the movie theaters on the other side. So look, it's we'll see in, how it goes.
0: innovation is innovation, man. And and the new world consumes everything. They don't care. So many people, I watched a lot of great shit on my phone that were series, and I couldn't believe I watched it. I watched like half of Breaking Bad on my phone and I was riveted. So it's... <laughs> it's like look man you're gonna get it where you get it right and listen i love it too i don't want to see movies die they're not going to die but the experience of consuming them might. and that's just the way it is that's innovation man all right
2: man i will let you go but stay healthy stay safe stay in the house and uh watch out for those helicopters
0: bro. <laughs> thanks you guys i appreciate it man you guys be safe too all right you too to thank you James. all
2: right thanks Keep a lot talking. jamie
1: All right, Duelers, so I guess we'll end this episode right here. But don't worry, if you've missed an episode, you can always head over to DuelingDecades.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, really wherever podcasts are available. And then while you're on the interwebs, head over to Facebook.com forward slash Dueling Decades, and then you can join our private group where you can share some of your own retro memories.
2: And one last thing, we got knocked out of the top uh, 50 podcasts in Podcast Magazine to 50 true crime podcasts. We went from (laughs) number 25 to get knocked off the fucking list. So please get back on there. Vote for us again. Get us back on that list. We really appreciate it. Not that we get anything. You
0: guys were top 50 in the world? We were number 25. Holy shit. Podcast Magazine. (laughs) in actual
1: rankings? Yeah, in a yeah. legit trade journal. Go figure.
2: <laughs> but we lost. That was for May. For June, we got knocked out. You mean like the most entertaining ones are actual downloads? No, not actually. If it was actual
0: downloads, then we would be. Uh, I was wondering out with Rogan. that curtain might be a little bit different. It might be a little nicer. <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> like that guy's got an old troll pencil neck over there. He's got, a, he's got some eight tracks. The other guy i don't think that's incredible man congrats you fucking lations this is a new pod or like been going on uh
2: eight, 18 months now we've been podcasting for a long time but this particular show has been around
0: for about 18 months now Will you put my podcast do it but i'm not as that's not as I don't really do it as much but i'm going to start doing hate to break it to you we just put a link in there too for that
1: yeah so until next time duelers we're gonna bid you a peace love light and a joy have a grateful week everyone
3: Infirmary Media.
0: Come on. Fucking world. The world's on fire, man. You fucking guys are like, ah, there's one more rule, Jamie. At the end, we're going to do beer pong.